Hello, hello, and thank you for joining me on Heron's Home Podcast. This is your host, Karee Robertson, with my sound man, Rico G. Yeah, thank you for joining me today so that uh, we could just have some fun with a couple of these topics. So um, I want to start off on a little bit of a somber note today. Um, there was the passing of Juice World uh, recently. And uh, yeah, you know, I did like a few of his songs. I wasn't a major uh, a fan of his work, but I will say that he he was talented and you can see the talent in his art. And uh, I think that his passing is very much indicative of a bigger problem in, in the culture. And that is, you know, the passing of, so, of some of our artists very young and now, you know, pointing a lot more prevalently to opioids. You know, you see, we did, we've always had an issue with violence in the streets, a culture that's born from, you know, the kind of struggle that hip hop is. It's, it's, it's understandable that there's that kind of violence in it, but the presence of, of opioid deaths today, which is what it seems is the issue um, that Juice World was dealing with, whether he was dealing with the throes of addiction currently or whether he passed from withdrawals. It's one. It's a very, very insidious thing, and I mean, crack hit the hit hit the culture hard. You know, a lot of things hit the, a lot of drugs hit the culture hard, but these opioids are they are killers, and they kill a lot faster than the other drugs that that uh, that that have hit the community before. So, you know, it's something that we definitely want to when it starts to become more protective of. You know, there needs to be a a, a unified outcry by you know people who who have the authority to to be thought leaders to to really talk about yo let's stop glorifying this this pill life and all of this this business you know because it's it's really dangerous it's really dangerous it's not even something that you could particularly you can particularly do recreationally you know it's it's starting to 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 become such a crutch that that it's not even something that you that you want to that you want to introduce people to on on anything but a stay away from level, you know it's on that level now because people are dying man you know and uh, it's a shame because they they're dying so young, you know they're not dying after a full life of of using cocaine and 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 and, and cannabis and partying hard and you know dying of a ripe old old age no they're dying in their twenties, you know they're not we're not even getting the best of them yet. You know what I mean? Because I don't know anybody who was given the best of us in their 20s, you know, no matter how great what they gave us was. And so, yeah, that's definitely something that I hope that the community and culture rallies around to to really address. Because, um, you know, at least I think that this uh, our community is better equipped to deal with it. You know what I mean? You know, we have a history of, of overcoming these kind of things in the community. So, yeah, I just wanted to go ahead and give a, a R.I.P. Um, to Juice World. So yeah, uh, in, in other entertainment news, another um, I've been perusing Netflix and found another little gem in the Last OG by Tracy Morgan. It has been a great, great watch. It's just it's on its second season, I believe, and it's just been nothing but entertaining. It's uh, it's got great uh, storylines. The, the scripting is funny. Casting is great. Yeah, it's just another all around great um, watch. You know, not another, not a paid endorsement or anything, but um, I really like to to push entertainment. You know what I mean? Because it's really hard to find something that you could watch and not just laugh at, but get a little bit of drama maybe, but also get a lesson. You know, and 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 get to see actors that you don't always get to see. You know, that you might be fans of. Because I know I'm a huge fan of Tracy Morgan, and um, it's a it's a shame you don't get to see more of him. But to see him doing his own thing, distributed on Netflix. 
you know, and that's what I think that the real power for, of that platform is, is to open up um, avenues for things like that. So, um, yeah. Um, just to move on to something uh, a little bit more in the political sphere, you know, something that I've seen coming up a lot uh, recently is the lack of coverage in mainstream media of Bernie Sanders and the success that his campaign is having. And, you know, regardless of, of individual political beliefs, I believe that, it, you know, we really should try to, to, to report data correctly so that people can make their own informed decisions. And um, it's a real shame that the mainstream media has taken the, the, um, the stance of not adequately um, putting out the information. I know PBS is one is a major outlet for a lot of people. Um, and they recently did a roundup of the 2020 um, Democratic presidential um, field. And they didn't even talk about Bernie. And he's polling in many demographics in the, in the first four states in the top three. And that, that's, that's just negligent. You know what I mean? I can understand how you could ignore an Andrew Yang, who I personally support, who I think has great ideas, but doesn't poll well. Most of America won't vote for him, and that's understandable. He's a new name. He's, you know, people might have a bit of trepidation after Trump, but Bernie is is a known quantity, and and to dismiss him is is, is foolhardy, and it just shows how they haven't learned from you know 2016, which is a shame, you know, because to steal the election from him twice in a row is only to force more people to 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 quit the Democratic Party, and in this two party paradigm, it just they feel like to have an impact, they have to remain within that two-party system. It just drives them to Republicanism, and that's that's sad. That's sad and dangerous because, you know, while the, the Democratic Party might be corrupt at its core, the Republican Party is malicious at its core, and I think that that is a fundamental difference that is uh, problematic because, you know, it doesn't end well for anyone when Republicans have full control over over governmental apparatuses, so, and 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 I was real disappointed to hear Obama come out and now talk out against Bernie Sanders that he would, um, he would I guess attempt to levy what influence he has in the political sphere if Bernie Sanders were to get the nomination because he doesn't believe that the country at large has moved as far left as as, as a Bernie Sanders, and 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 yes, I do understand that that you govern. The whole country, no matter what the uh, political party you hail from, when you get to the presidency, but you have to understand that when you are running on the political spectrum, you're representing your constituency at large. Especially when you're using a, a moniker such as Democrat or Republican, you 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 can't say that oh the Democrats are too far left and that's not indicative of what the whole country is, you don't know that because you've never actually attempted to poll or campaign on that level. And sadly enough, in most of the situations in which that opportunity is, is given, the, 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 the progressive candidate is taken. You know, and, and, and you look at a, an AOC and you look at the, the success of a, a, of a Sanders and you know, yes, those are two of the most prevalent ones, and those are the ones I'm just grabbing off the top of my head. But they're indicative of a, of a wave that's coming, and unfortunately, it's 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 more inclusive than the the opposition to it. So 
just by nature of that it's going to end up being the 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 overwhelming um zeitgeist of 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 the country because it's it's just the way psychologically people get come to ideologies and so it doesn't make sense for him to try to sit down and make some kind of overarching political case for the country isn't that far left when they when he has no no reason to believe otherwise and all of the indications show that he's not correct and so until he actually comes out and does more than just tote a establishment line it's really sad that that he would try to sway the popular opinion away from the popularly elected primary candidate so yeah obama's really after his uh, administration really shown his colors and that's that's a shame because i really wanted i i hoped that all of the ridicule for him coming in on this hopey changey thing meant something you know i i i saw the republicans uh uh chastising him you know saying oh he's running on this hopey changey stuff and i said you know what that's actually a good thing you can sit there and mock it but that doesn't make it not a positive thing hope and change is all a significant portion of this country has and you know he played on that and unfortunately he didn't didn't back that up you know in in governance he was was milquetoast at best and post his his administration he has done nothing but solidify his own personal political uh, uh legacy um without much progress in hopey or, or changiness and so once again, Obama disappoints with his anti-endorsement of Bernie. But what are you going to do? You know, it, he did, you know, uh, he did support Hillary. And one last point on that before I, uh, before I move along, because I don't want to rant too long on that. But it really just is very hypocritic of him. Because I remember when, um, if you follow electoral politics, when Barack beat Hillary for the nomination, he had to offer her a cabinet seat to get her to endorse him. You know what I mean? And then afterwards, even though Bernie had demands when he lost the nomination to, to Hillary, he endorsed her. So I feel like it's a bit ironic for, for Hillary and, 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 and Barack Obama to come out and speak out against Bernie's uh, elected endorsement if it does tr uh, truly do go to him. But, um, yeah, yeah, moving on from that. Um... Yeah, something else I've been seeing. Um, actually, I think this is actually coming to a bit of a simmer now. Uh, this thing in the in the entertainment news about Ti and uh, his comments about his relationship with his daughter and how they go about uh, certain things. Which, as a new parent, I was enthralled. I I had to watch this because it was just it was a real testament to to a few things. Uh, such as parts of your relationship with your children that should remain private. Um, even when you're speaking about them in jest, uh, also bad jokes. So there's certain things in this climate that you just don't joke about. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that when all is said and done and, and the dust clears, it, it's, I could, I could definitely commiserate the idea that you want to protect your children, especially knowing who he used to be. The people who are most scared for their children are the people who have done the most growing in their life. And so I'm not going to get mad at him because he is fully aware of the, the, the 
full spectrum of 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 young men out there that his daughter can meet and he wants to to protect her and also there has to be some line of accountability now i would definitely not take the route that he jested about but um you have to develop a relationship with your child to maintain that and um he was being hyperbolic about how he had developed that with his his child but it was good to to hear um i think that he should have kept certain parts of it private by not jesting about about uh things as serious as her hygiene um in terms of her doctor visits but it, i think it was good to um good to hear and especially as a, a new parent it's it's interesting to hear how other people do these things you know how other people uh interact with their children on that level so i thought it was really interesting i don't think we should kill the man i think we should take it all with the proper levity um yeah and take it as as learning because i'm sure he's taking it as a learning moment he's gone on on quite the 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 press tour to kind of <laughs> revamp his image after that because that was it, it did sound kind of crazy the way he had put it out there but that is what it is you know and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna to to try to overplay what he said um something else i've been seeing a lot more of is uh is the prominence of african-american figures on our outlets or outlets that are prominently patronized by african-americans um i noticed that the breakfast club had dr umar johnson on who i believe is he he is very afrocentric he is probably a lot more um militant and extreme than i am but i feel like he is definitely an educated man and he's a reasonable man and so while he might have a certain idea of african supremacy it's not at the exclusion of other people's right to exist and so i tend to let him ride with his because while his idea of supremacy doesn't include me he does not exclude me from a right to a good existence and so hey i'm not going to hate on him for that but um he was given a platform on the breakfast club um the jb podcast had um uh, a representative of the nation of islam on um just to do some clarification on a topic they had spoken about and i think that that's actually really important and powerful something that uh could really um just help educate people to non-mainstream non-heterodox ideas so that they could broaden their horizons because unfortunately what ends up happening is is that with social media mainstream media all of these various technological outlets we have uh to interact with each other um we tend to create an echo chamber with them and so while we are more and more interconnected we're connected in such a way that we hear the same voices over and over and so that could be very problematic and so especially when you live in a society that has systematically silenced certain voices and so that is a great avenue um these uh these media outlets like the breakfast club like the jb podcast uh to bring those voices to people to hear them and if you agree with them you agree with them if you don't you don't but what i do see is that a lot of these these men and women present their ideologies very genuinely you know they don't give you a political spin on on what they believe they tell you what they believe and you get to interact with that as you will and i think that that is 
exactly what's missing from mainstream media. That's exactly the responsibility that's been abdicated by uh, responsible journalists. But um, yeah, that was a it was really um, heartening to see, and I can't wait to see more of that and um, more uh, more public figures get to to be broadcast. Um, I know the Breakfast Club has actually been really good about that when it comes to giving an outlet to political figures um, of all ethnic um, um, backgrounds, um, a platform to speak to their demographic, you know, um, which is a multi-ethnic uh, minority demographic. And, and so, yeah, it, I hope to see more positive come out of that. They also have given platforms to some people who probably shouldn't be given platforms. But, you know, that is what it is. That's how you, you, you create that multi-generational coalition that that partakes in in their their platform and so kudos to them that, that's really good to see and um it, it it helps you know bring conversations to the forefront and with that said i've heard of some recent antics that i kind of want to talk about a little bit um to to add a little less outrage and just a little more context to it and um firstly i want to talk about lizzo and uh her dressing scantily at a at a sporting event um first of all the, the the stadium itself has shown that they are not upset with her um outside of maybe some some jilted mothers there's nobody who's particularly upset at her other than people who saw her on twitter who were offended by her dress which i think i think that's a little bit um i think in 2019 that's the least of your worries that um if she wants to dress scantily or and shake her butt and the person who is operating the jumbotron chooses to put her on there that was completely of their own volition honestly she's a performer i don't exactly know what else you expect of her now i understand this is supposed to be a family event i personally don't look at sporting events as mainly family events but that seems to be the general the general consensus and so yes maybe you might not want her doing that there but in no way shape or form do i think that in this generally public arena i mean granted it is private property but it's a public event that you know she's operating in a way that is 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 so detrimental to the public good that people need to show outrage for it. No, I mean, I, I think that that's a little bit crazy. I think that um, maybe if people want to advise that she she conducts herself in a little bit more uh, of a conservative manner, then hey, that's that's your right. She did it in public, so you can comment on it in public. But to to be outraged at her, I think is I think that's a that's a far cry from from necessary. And and it just goes to show that it, it's people are looking for reasons to be upset. They're looking for reasons to be upset, and they're 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 more than happy to display that on Twitter, and 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 I think that there's a much better use of Twitter than to get mad at Lizzo for having her herself splashed. Now, mind you, you have to have I assume been following her or someone who follows her for that to have popped up on your feed. So at other times it was fine that she's been doing it because I'm pretty sure this is not a new thing for her. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden she does it in the Staples Center, and she's she's uh desecrated some sanctified ground i i i'm i'm not gonna go ahead and buy that one <laughs> you're gonna have to give me another reason as to to why she you know deserves to be uh reprimanded because that does not meet the uh meet the the bar 
Um, also, there's been um, an ongoing discussion sparked, I guess, from um, an, uh, an infamous L.A. personality, WAC 100, in reference to saying whether Nipsey was a legend or not. And um, I, I, have, I, I believe wholeheartedly that Nipsey not only was a legend, but he, he was a legend plus. Because most people aren't legends when they're alive. They're legends when they're dead. And it's because the stories told about them are exaggerated. But that's not what it is with Nipsey. Nipsey not only did the amazing things that he did when he was here, but the stories told about him have yet to even touch the greatness that he was. He's greater than the legends that you have right now. So don't even try to come at, at my man and desecrate his legacy because you need something to generate clickbait that that that's not cool and and it's unnecessary it's not necessary because the man's not here and when he was here i certainly didn't hear whack 100 talking nothing about him so with that being said i'm not really sure why why this generation has such freedom to, to comment on people who have passed away because then you have another situation with gold link talking about mac miller in a very reckless manner and what he says is supposed to be a an homage to his homeboy but just comes off as a narcissistic rant about how he feels that he is a greater inspiration to people around him than he gets credit for and i, I just think people need to sit down man you sit down these were these were dudes once again who died way too young from from one from from a drug overdose one from from street violence and and these are men who who got to show us their best and so let's just let them rest because that it doesn't do anything for it doesn't do anything for your reputation it doesn't do anything for the public discussion to really to really try to slander them and so I really hope that this is a, this is a fad that that goes away, kind of like how back in the day everybody used to always want to say F Tupac and this and that because they the young generation didn't have any connection to 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 what they brought to the game. That was a fad, you know what I mean? And I get it. It was it was the vanguard of the young generation showing that they're blazing a new way and they're not going to they're not going to be utilizing the lessons of the old heads who were failed gatekeepers in the first place. I get that. But the open disrespect isn't necessary and and it, it's probably mostly a byproduct of this clickbait generation, but you know, that is what it is. You know, let's move past that. You know what I mean? Cuz it's mostly the movements of, of of young people, but then you have the old cats like whack 100 who who are literally it seems like they're clout chasing but um yeah as i said i hope that we can move forward past that as a culture into a place of, of at least honoring the people who have passed even if we're not going to honor our elders and speaking of disrespecting our elders i, I just want to comment real quick on uh this whole eminem the cannon beef i think this shit is hilarious i can't imagine what possessed Eminem to go on that Fat Joe track and put down the lyrics that he did against the canon? But I will say this. That was probably the best diss track Eminem has ever made. Now, mind you, this is coming from somebody who is not in a with Eminem at all. I'm not particularly a fan of him. It's been a long time 
since I've ever since I've thought of Eminem as a great rapper. He is a great lyricist. His skill level is high, but the content of what he says generally doesn't move me, nor does his selection of 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 production on his on his albums. I just it doesn't move me. I mean, the last album, Marshall Mathers LP was the last album he put out that I was like, "Fuck, yes. That's my jam." But anyway, with that being said, he destroyed Nick Cannon on that track for no reason. And I don't know if I can abide by that kind of that kind of bullying. I mean, uh, he's going to he's going to cause well, he caused Nick Cannon to retort with just about the most ridiculous thing he could do. A bunch of battle rappers rapping better than him on his own diss track, which is like, man, he beat him so bad that he went and got all of his homies to come and rap on the track for him. It, it, it's sad. It's sad. I really hope that Nick Cannon can come out the other side of this with a shred of rap dignity left because my man's not really doing it very big when it comes to rapping in the first place. And for him to pick this beef with 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 Eminem, because Eminem laid the track and Nick Cannon could have left it alone. He should have left it alone until he finally got Eminem to show up on Wild and Out. Then he'd be in his element. But no, it, yeah, no. And 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 they're Eskimo Bros too. And that's the that's the even worse part. That's the even worse part is it's really hard in this in this culture to really to come at somebody after you've shared that kind of past. Like, Nick, I respect you a lot on the business front. I really hope you can come out on top of this beef. But man, yeah, it doesn't look good, bro. Didn't look good the way Eminem manhandled him. No, not at all. <laughs>